Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. The marches against police brutality in Detroit and across the country are set against the backdrop of a global pandemic. In both crises, people of color are disproportionately affected. And while neither injustice is synonymous with economic injustice, you can't have a complete dialogue about why black people are suffering in such high numbers without talking about economics. This week in Crane's Detroit Business, reporter Dustin Walsh writes about these issues in a piece titled, As Detroiters Take to the Streets, Economic Inequality Comes Into Focus. He joins me now to talk about that piece. Dustin, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. So in this piece, you delve into a lot of history of economic injustice for black Detroiters. What are some of the things you think are most noteworthy right now to give people context for what we're seeing today? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think it all comes to focus with, with the COVID recession, right? Um, you know, the, the age-old thing, particularly in Detroit, is, is uh, black Detroiters are um, first fired, last hired. Um, so, so black Detroiters took a much higher uh, unemployment hit um, than, than their white counterparts in the city, and they're likely to feel the pain longer. Um, and I think that's just a, a, a symptom of, of what's been going on since, you know, forever in this city mm-hmm. um, that began with disinvestment in auto uh, plants uh, back in the uh, 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, so when you, when you lose your job first and your last one hired, your your pain goes on much longer, um, and it just it just uh, compiles on compounds on itself over and over again. Uh, you know, for all time it seems. Yeah, you know, when we got news the other day of the job numbers. The, the most recent job numbers, and they showed uh, jobs coming back in, in some significant way. And I, I think you can argue about how much they're coming back or, or how quickly they're coming back, but certainly they were better numbers than we had seen in, in the months before. It, it, I, I wondered about how that is going to play out for African-Americans who, as you point out, lost jobs at a higher rate because of the pandemic, Will they regain jobs at that same rate or perhaps higher now that uh, things are back? And I, and I think, uh, of course, the answer is likely not. Right. And if you, if you do, you know, the, the, the May jobs numbers that the, the president touted and the, where everyone was shocked by, um, you know, we did see jobs rise up, you know, and, and the issue is that um, jobs for, for white people returned, uh, you know, unemployed whites, and this is a national number, not just uh, local, that isn't out yet. Um, but they went, you know, unemployment for, for whites went from 14.2% in April to 12.4% in May, which was an improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for, for black Americans, it went from 16.7% up to 16.8%, which is a small number, but it didn't move. It didn't get better, um, despite the fact that the overall jobs picture in the United States got better. Um, and I think that's a really indicative of what we're seeing uh, or what we've continued to see, you know, um, first fired, last hired. And, and, and that's the, that's the, and it's about where, where, where black Detroiters, where black Michiganders, where black Americans are employed. Um, it's about obviously systematic racism. I mean, it, there's just a lot of issues there and, and, and I, it becomes very clear when you start breaking out the demographics of the jobs figures. Mm. Uh, and in your piece, you link all of this, of course, to what we're seeing now with the protests against police brutality here and in Detroit, and across the country, uh, talk about talk about that link. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you know, it, 
it's it's systematic in its approach, right? And it's systematic in its in its uh, outcome. And you know, Dr. Kari Brown in the article, um, you know, said every city in America has a black side of town, and and the way that's translated is to an area that's segregated and in complete, you know, uh, poverty. Um, in Detroit, we have a a majority black side of town and a majority uh, economic disparity side of town. Um, and so, and so those, those structural issues haven't changed. And so as we're, as we're playing it out, that, that builds on the anger, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to bubble over, um, and there's always a catalyst to that. And historically, that catalyst has always been police brutality. Um, you know, obviously, 67 was the same, the same sort of thing. The economics then were, were also um, the same. Detroit was being eroded by, by you know, quote-unquote, white flight. Um, and then, and then, the, the the you know in the, the neighborhoods uh, it it happened where where police officers came to break up the um, uh, the blind pig and, and brutality happened and and that's when it boiled over and that's what we're seeing today. Mm. Uh, this is Detroit today on one zero one nine WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and uh, my guest is Dustin Walsh, who covers economic issues for Crane's Detroit Business. He wrote a piece this week titled "As Detroiters Take to the Streets." Economic inequality comes into focus. If you want to join the conversation, call and tell us how you're feeling about the injustices that people of color face in our country. What are you doing about it? Are you out marching and demonstrating like lots and lots of people in our community are doing? What would you like to see change? What are things that you think we need to do to make sure that that inequality doesn't play out in the way that it has since the beginning in our country. Uh, we especially want to hear with you from you if you are struggling with these questions. Tell us about your confusion or your doubts or what you see as your blind spots. We want to talk about these things really honestly and without judgment. And in, in order to do that, we need people who don't necessarily understand the full picture or maybe don't agree with all of the things that are being said uh, to participate as well. So, uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there, and we will try to work them into the conversation. Uh, Dustin, you note in your piece that Mayor Duggan has pushed initiatives meant to help black, uh, boost the black workforce in the city. Talk about what those are and whether they're accomplishing the goal. Are they narrowing the gap in any way? I think we saw that recently, um, that, that the gap was at least being narrowed, uh, in, in at least people having jobs, right? Um, so we've seen FCAs make, made a big investment in Detroit. There were plenty of other um, bigger investments in the city that were moving the jobs number. Um, and it's it, and the issue comes down to you know connecting the regional economy. Can we connect the regional economy to the city of Detroit? Um, and I, I do think that it's something that, that Duggan has been passionate about. Um, but it hasn't it hasn't what it, you know it always comes down to what is a good job. Um, and I think that that extends far beyond just the city and into Michigan as a whole. Um, you know, as I as I pointed out in the article, between 2010 and 2017, 61 percent of all jobs in Michigan paid less than twenty dollars an hour, wow. and two thirds of those were less than fifteen dollars an hour. Um, so really it comes down to what sort of jobs are being created um, and, and how sustainable those are. Um, you know, as we've seen in, in reporting, not in mine, but in other, other, um, other reporting throughout the nation, uh, you know, frontline workers, retail jobs, you know, those are the sort of jobs that, um, that is more common for, for minorities, whether that be women, whether that be black Americans. Um, and those jobs typically are, are much lower paying. 
Um, and so, so, you know, we talk about equity and, and, you know, having a job is always a good place to start, but having what kind of job and moving up those ladders um, is, is basically how you, how you combat this. And we're not seeing that. Mm. I also wonder uh, what you make of the sort of post pandemic uh, opportunity, I guess, to, to, to narrow the gap. What kinds of things could uh, mayors, could business leaders be doing that would, uh, again, put African-Americans in a better stead in terms of the regain of jobs uh, because they were so badly impacted by the loss of jobs that, that the pandemic uh, that the pandemic inspired? How do we how do we close that gap in the in a short period of time as the economy reopens and things get back to, quote unquote, normal? Right. Well, it all comes down to to, you know, what what sort of things are short term, what sort of things are long term. Um, obviously, I think, you know, moving uh, low income housing and dispersing that throughout the city is a better scenario uh, and even, you know, making that more regional um, and, and, and having more low income housing um, around. Because obviously we know from statistically that economic diverse regions that are economically and diverse as well as racially diverse, um, they raise the, the bottom gets raised faster. Um, so I think if we look at that, you know, you start approaching it as a regional economy. You know, it, 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 we always kind of point back to George Romney, right? He, he had a pretty anti-segregation housing stance, uh, which eventually led to his resignation under Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he was really a believer in this, um, you know, this idea of low-income housing needs to be dispersed, uh, you know, famously getting into a fight with Warren um, about not giving them a $3 million urban renewal grant unless they started to, building more affordable housing, um, which ultimately led to his demise as, as the, uh, the, the HUD secretary. The secretary right. Um, yeah. right. So, you know, I mean, things like that, right? So we need, we need just quick little policy decisions can help. And obviously you're fighting a, a big thing, right? NIMBYism is a, is a very big issue in Metro Detroit. But, um, you know, that I think is something that can be handled at a policy level across, you know, local all the way up through state to federal mm-hmm. um, is, is really attempting to to disperse low income housing. Because as you know, as, as Dr. Kari Brown said in the article, you know, when we talked about the black side of town, that the issue is that is that you're, you're congregating people that have no resources and you're putting them all in the same area. You know, we saw that in New York in the 70s. Right. You're putting everyone in the same area with no resources. Uh, and we see it in Europe, too. We, we call we call them immigrant ghettos in Europe. Right. Um, and so the issue is that they've never seen anyone that had any resources. They can't view anyone that's had any resources. They have no resources and then no ability to get, gather resources. But if you, if, if you start separating people out and putting them in areas where there are resources, those resources then become available to them. Um, and so that's, that's really the idea is to really um, to, to somehow find a way with the policy decisions to, um, to create you know, at least some level of access. Okay, Dustin Walsh, who you've, uh, of Cranes Detroit Business, uh, really great to have you here, always here uh, to talk about these issues on Detroit Today. Thanks very much for being with us. Thanks, Stephen. All right, that is going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we will continue to talk about all of the things that are happening around us in the city of Detroit and Michigan and the country when we continue to work together to try to sort through all of the issues that are on the table and come to better understandings about what the solutions 
might be. Uh, again, I am really, really excited to be back from vacation to be able to host these conversations. Uh, and we want to continue to hear from you about what you think the opportunity is to change, to actually get to the stage of reform so that we are not having the same conversations over and over and over again and waiting for the next tragedy to happen. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will, too. This is 101.9 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.